Hello, and welcome back to another installment of the Comics Pals Book Club. This week, your favorite pals, or should I say your favorite squad. Ooh, uh, squad up! Squad up! Uh, is back, and per the name, back with a Suicide Squad uh, book club. Uh, this coming in line with the movie that will be coming out next week. Um, so definitely stay tuned for that. We're probably going to put out some content around it. Before we get into any of this fun, I'm going to introduce our Suicide Squad here. Mm. Um, I am, of course, Mr. Murder Animoto. And uh, I'm going to start with uh, Sean. <laughs> so I am No Name. Oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> I do like that. That's yeah, No Name. All right, Kale. I'm the Globetrotter. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is that Goose Tatum I see? <laughs> Phil? Oh, well, for the rest of this episode, fellas, you're going to have to refer to me by my code name, which, of course, is uh, Goku. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm, you son of a bitch. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you, I had a different one in mind, but since Kale is the Globetrotter, I think I'm going to have to be the general. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Arrivals. I get it. They're the rivals. Generals. That's the team that the Globetrotters beat every time. Uh, I'm saying I suck. I, uh, well, I, I, know. Keep, I keep betting <laughs> on the generals. The they keep never winning. <laughs> well, for you listening at home, this is going to be a fun little episode because alongside the normal conversation, we're going to have to refer to each other by our code names for the remainder of this episode. And should we trip up, I will be keeping a tally. One of us might get blown up at the end. Dun, dun, dun. Now, Marco, that's ridiculous. Oh, no! <laughs> that counts, right? Oh, that does count. <laughs> awesome. What's One. this weird scar on the back of my head? <laughs> Don't worry about it. If something happened to you in the middle of the night, it was probably me. I love the idea that every episode could be someone's first episode and that they'll walk away from this one knowing, oh, yeah, I really love that show and those co-hosts, <laughs> No Name, Goku, <laughs> Mr. Murder. <laughs> Speaking of, for any first-time <laughs> listeners, uh, if you want more of this, more of some of the other stuff that we put out, uh, definitely follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Comics Pals. You can watch us on YouTube, where you'll likely be able to see our beautiful faces and our code names. Uh, like, comment, share that stuff. Subscribe to the channel and um, shoot us an email if you like this. Any of the other content that we put out, uh, if you let us know who your favorite name or code name was. Let us know in the comments as well. Shoot us an email. And if you want to continue the conversation, we also have uh, our Discord where this is always a, a, a fun time. And uh, actually, we got this book recommended by um, the large majority of our Discord, a bunch of Tom Taylor fans, apparently. Uh, but in particular, Snake of Talons, who had made the recommendation, the middle of the run, who noted that he definitely wanted to hear our thoughts of it on it when it finished. And what a perfect time for it to align with the movie. So definitely looking to take any sort of suggestions that you guys put in the Discord um, or anywhere in general. We're always happy to have the conversation about a book that you like. What's the email? Thecomicspals at gmail.com. Nailed Fam. it. All right. With that out of the way, I want to start with Goku. Uh, uh, your general uh, thoughts on uh, this run of Suicide Squad, which is by Tom Taylor, Bruno Redondo on art, Adriana Lucas on colors, and Wes Abbott on the letters. Okay. Uh, it's funny. It's the Suicide Squad as a premise is something I've always felt like I would like. I've never really dug into before. Uh, uh, 
you know, I never even saw the movie that came out, uh, what, five, six years ago or whatever. Like, we weren't, or, it was like so seven blessed. years ago because we weren't doing a podcast yet. That's why I didn't see it. Yeah. Um, I saw that movie on vacation. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. What a movie to watch on vacation. Um, I remember there was a Justice League Unlimited episode that had the task force as uh, mm. ta- task force at try to say that five times fast. Um, and I thought they were really cool. I really like Deadshot as a character. There was uh, many of his. Uh, there have been times where uh, he's gone up against Batman. I've always enjoyed the character. Uh, so speaking about this run generally, I didn't know what to expect. It's always kind of hard to gauge something like this. Uh, generally speaking, I liked it. We'll put it that way. Cool. No name? So I thought that this was pretty good. I have read Suicide Squad before. Um, I read the Joshua Williamson run where Jim Lee actually did some of the artwork, um, at least early on. And that was pretty good. So I, I'm familiar with the concept. I, I saw the movie, you know, it was what it was. Um, I thought that this one would be closer to the the new movie's cast just because of the timing, and it wasn't, and that was kind of interesting, but I didn't mind that, especially as it gets forward and, you you know, you get introduced to new characters. So, um, yeah, I enjoyed it, and I'm always ready to read something by Tom Taylor because I think he is a really, really good writer. So globetrotter uh yeah i don't have that much history with suicide squad i saw the the film um academy award-winning film that's right that's about it um i i surely i saw the justice league episode but i don't remember it um i've wanted to go back and read some of the original stuff because i've heard that's that's where it's at that's the the good stuff the john ostander run yeah uh but i haven't so um this this is fine i i don't have anything particularly negative to say i wouldn't say i have any uh crazy high praise for it either i think it's fine the general himself (laughs) he's gonna help you save on your car yeah if you need to get a quote online hit me up um i'll save you some time i think um i I enjoyed this a lot more than i think i thought i would um this type of team um is something that can definitely be hit or miss for me um but i i feel like the direction that taylor's run goes in was not quite what i was expecting i think like sean i was expecting a team that i was a little more familiar with um doing things that were a little bit more expected of the suicide squad in my mind um despite the fact that again i i don't have a lot of experience with them either um i but i liked that it was that it swerved, that it was about more about introducing new characters. And it felt like something that was, um, you know, obviously very easy to just jump in and get into a rhythm with because it was brand new. Um, and the fact that I, you know, have, I, I know Harley and, and Deadshot and, you know, a couple of the other hangers on well enough, um, that that was really all the framing that I needed to, to get in and, and be on for the ride, you know? Um, and I don't think it was, you know, anything groundbreaking, but it was certainly a fun book. And it was a book that um, I found really, really easy to to breeze through and and have a good time with, you know, and there's nothing wrong with a book that, you know, is um, simple, but well executed. And I think that's what that's what this was for me. Yeah, I think I sit kind of right where where you're at the general. Um, 
I had to think on that one. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, I definitely had it. I've never read a Suicide Squad run. I've always heard you know, general good things, um, not necessarily groundbreaking, but uh, fun. And I think that's what I got in, in this book. And I'm, I'm glad for that. I don't know that it's something I'm like hungry for necessarily, uh, but I might come back for if, if Tom Taylor ever does like a second run with maybe some different, a different cast or something, I'd, I'd probably be, be interested and be down for, for this. And I like John Oshander enough that I might go back to read some of that older stuff to see how it differs. And yeah, I expected a, a totally different team and I'm glad I'm glad of the team that I got though. And I think that that's, that's a positive thing and, and probably a point for, for Taylor for making me care to some extent. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Um, <clears throat> I, I ended up walking away from this really liking uh, most of the new characters uh, more than any of the you know, normal Suicide Squad uh, roster characters that I'm familiar with anyway. He was ready for a revolutionaries book. Yeah, Yo, I, I, I could I could definitely see myself being down for that. You got a strike. Ooh, almost said fell. Fuck. Oh, you, just said it. You I just, feel like that counts. That does folks. count. Yeah, that, that you didn't almost say it. You I said did. it. I, yeah, sorry, bro. I did. All right. I got one and you got one. Um, I About to actually clean the, this up. <laughs> <laughs> let's, uh, let's actually start with that new crew because it was definitely jarring for me when they get introduced and like sort of immediately integrated. I think that that was a good way of uh, using the squad to get across these new characters. But was that at all confusing for anybody uh, just generally? I don't know if I would use the word confusing. Yeah. Uh, it was a lot of, it was a lot of information to take in. Um, and you definitely had to catch up because not only are those characters new, but probably for a lot of us, uh, the characters on the squad are new. Yeah. The the Suicide Squad itself. So you're you're really learning a lot of new people really fast. I mean, you look at that first issue, and you have the one page that introduces the uh, what will be known as the Revolutionaries, and there's what six of them. Yeah, they're uh, a pretty big team. <laughs> and then the squad, the Suicide Squad itself, which features. For me, only two characters who I'm really familiar with, and then Magpie and Zebra Man are characters that I think I've seen. Magpie, I've definitely seen. Zebra Man, I think I've seen. The Shark, I thought was King Shark, and then it was mm -hmm. it wasn't. That was random. I had to um, look that up because I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, yeah, that's stupid. Why would you have the <laughs> Shark and a King Shark? Wait, was that the uh, was that the Green Lantern villain, the Shark? I think I think that was the first appearance. I, I remember going back to trying to figure it out. Yeah, uh, I believe I that, that was true. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think that Tom does a good job of introducing them fast. You get he gets the point across with their powers and then pits them off against each other. And I feel like you get you get caught by the time the first issue is over, you're pretty connected as far as who's who and why. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I didn't really realize what was happening here, but really, uh, Tom Taylor just had this, this kind of neat opportunity that you don't really see a lot in big two comics to kind of do like a soft launch of an entirely new team of like creator-owned characters, basically, and using, you know, especially Harley Quinn, but other 
characters as well that are you know Sam, some, I mean you know Deadshot's a couple decades old at this point to uh, kind of integrate them into continuity it was a basically like a soft launch for a new team yeah right I, I mean to, you look at like the end of the last issue and that's yeah. like the the page it changes the it has their the team name instead right um, I totally thought like oh this is just gonna lead to a different title now right yeah and literally the only character on that roster that's not a new character that Tom Taylor created is um, Zebra Man. And I, I think also it was a really clean way to swap out um, Waller for Locke because you get both your sort of the the character that you would expect to sort of bounce off of as a foil replaced as well. At least the one that I would expect you, the characters would bounce off of replaced. And, and that gives you a totally fresh interaction for all of these characters. And I thought that was pretty well done to to incorporate both the suicide squad and the team at that you know point uh that point gun level i guess the 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 person who is directing them and giving them their missions i feel like it really worked because you like are able to um let you know the suicide squad and the revolutionaries um kind of clown him out without making amanda waller look weak yeah um yeah uh, the last thing I was just going to say is that, like, it's clear that they, they whether or not they like her, they respect her. They don't respect this dude, right? So it's easy mm-hmm. for them to just totally get one over on him and go push forward with a totally different agenda. Yeah, like, Tom Taylor is kind of making the Suicide Squad heroes here. I mean, when when their first mission here is to kind of hunt the revolutionaries. The first thing I thought when they were pursuing them is these characters don't seem that bad. They seem more, you know, I guess one of those tried and true stories of like maybe their methods aren't the best, but like their goals are admirable. Uh, They're just, uh, they're very punchy, right? So when you bring Locke in and he's like, oh, we're going to do the classic America thing of like overthrowing a government that we don't like. I was like, yeah, that, yeah, that makes sense. Suicide Squad is an uh, agent of U.S. foreign policy. Of course, it's going to happen. it felt like an editorial thing where it's like, well, it's actually not the United States doing this. It's actually a single billionaire doing this. And it's like, uh, okay. But, you know, we had to make, we're, we're making the Suicide Squad characters likable. They're the heroes of the story here. And, you know, it's a light, flowy book. It feels like Tom Taylor's drawing a lot of inspiration from JLI, uh, Keith Giffen's run from the 80s. Um, so I, I, I think this is one of the books where you don't have to get lost in the details because, uh, it's not. I don't think it's taking itself that seriously either. I, I want to go back to something you said, Goku, on the um, <laughs> the the mission. The mission itself in issue two, they after you know, issue one, we introduce the revolutionaries. Issue two, um, we infiltrate or they infiltrate Badnesia, and this is where we get sort of our first twist, or it, it ends in a cliffhanger, and, and uh, we get sort of to see an ulterior motive, kind of. Uh, the glimpse of one and that really hooked me because i i would i was gonna think oh this is just you know they're gonna go do whatever a suicide squad does top of the government sure whatever but the introduction of the sort of the fake out with osita which is one of the revolutionaries where she shoots herself and they can only hear through the lock can only hear through radio and the sound gives off one impression but what they end up doing is something else i thought that was a great way to lure me in and like lock me into the book um i really felt invested at that point i love how that was scripted yeah 
Yeah, I mean, that was a great inciting incident. I mean, for all 11 issues here, it's a tight narrative here of what, what's going on. Uh, if I'm speaking truly like Goku, though, there's just not enough training sequences. You know, they really should have gotten stronger that way. <laughs> I need to see them as a team really gelling. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, um, you know, as much as I definitely stand by, you know, what I said earlier, where, like, I don't, I don't think there's anything here that's, like, that deep. I think, like, mechanically, it's very strong. Like, the scripting of that issue is very good. I think in general, like the, you know, it's, it's a pretty short run with only 11 issues, but I feel like it makes very good use of its time. Um, I think most of the comedy lands and like in general, it's like, it's solid, like it's a solid romp. Um, but like there are moments like that where you really see um, that I think it's, it, there, there are smart choices being made that I think make it feel like it's so effortless. You know what I mean? Yeah, it really, it really flows um, and breezes by, and you never really see the gears turning. Taylor is just very, very good at delivering this kind of story. Like his uh, all new Wolverine with X23 at the center is very similar in the sense that, um, you know, you never feel like he's going for anything too huge, but all the storylines make sense they mesh they feel good you enjoy it they're fun to read he's good at that and then on the other side he does stuff like deceased or um you know any of his other like alt universe stories within dc or marvel um he just gets the characters and here he's allowed to play with his own characters that he created by and large and he put a lot of a lot of work into making them interesting like i i actually found myself enjoying to varying degrees each one of them now i think that there's definitely an argument to be made that some of them are underdeveloped but yeah um, the ones that the ones that get development feel like they belong where they are they feel as developed as any other character they don't feel lesser for being for so many of them being introduced in one series yeah, so I, where's where's our where's our backstory for the man that uh, introduced the six deadly sins, six of the deadly sins to uh, people? I want that backstory. Why can't he instill lust in the people? I was so annoyed by that. He can. He just said it's gross. <laughs> yeah, that was so dumb. That's that's so dumb. What? Well, that was a good bit. Uh, I thought it was funny. Yeah, he's just like that would be gross. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with uh, with Sean. I think the thing that I found myself oh, oh, sorry, yes, buddy, I find myself agreeing with No Name, <laughs> who is now edged <laughs> ahead of me. Wait, what happens to the to the winners? Like, because Kale and I are, are, are oh, <laughs> oh no, I don't Sucks know, but you're in the game now. No so. game. <laughs> what happens to the winners? No Name, <laughs> we'll never know. Myself. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Look at I Globe sitting on top of the world over there <laughs> for now. Not talking. Crossing, crossing the globe. Kept not talking. <laughs> Damn it! You got the general and the uh, 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 Goku just chatting it up over here. It's not, you know, how am I supposed to get a word in edgewise? <laughs> Sorry, the the general you were saying. I was saying I definitely agree with what No Name was saying, where my biggest frustration was that I felt like um, because the story was so brisk, I didn't, uh, we didn't get as much time to flesh out the entire 
gang, as it were, you know, um, because I, I think that like, um, Wink and and uh, what was what was her partner's name? The Airy, the Ariel, like uh, the Airy. I I really liked both of their characters. Like I really liked uh, Osita. Right, was her name? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And I I feel like that the group overall I dug, but it felt like not every player really got as much of a chance to shine. Um. Like I like um, Thai Thailanchi. I think is her name. Is oh, I was I was saying uh. Thylacine. Thylacine, sure. Yeah. Thylacine. Um, I feel like she basically, like, all of her lines were just, like, kind of, like, one-liners, like, where she was just, like, saying something really badass before she fucked somebody up, but, like, that was almost all of her dialogue, you know? Um, yeah, I didn't really understand her whole thing. I don't know her powers. Yeah. I think she, I think I looked them up and it said she has like heightened senses and it's like, okay, but like, it does, it does list all the powers in the first issue. Not that it matters that much, but it, it does, but like, I don't see the mechanics of them working. Yeah. Whereas like, I think I had a similar complaint about, you know, the seven, uh, or six deadly sins guy, uh, but six. But his whole thing, right? Like his powers are so unique that like, it's very clear what his powers are. And I could have kind of a joke character. Yeah. And like, I could have used a little bit more from him, but I also feel like he had, he filled enough of a niche in the group by like being a unique power guy and a jokey guy that it's like, yeah, like he came across a little bit more, you know, the Globetrotter, you haven't gotten a word in. I mean, there's not that much else to say about it like uh i really enjoyed oh oh oh! here's a question how did you guys feel about uh jog's return with the, the- black racer and Ugh. uh yeah same yeah that was dumb i thought but- that was super weird <laughs> do you guys know who the black racer is yes yeah, of course no, I, I, I know. Yeah, I know you two do. I I know what the I know what <laughs> no the book told me he was. Unlock. You know, <laughs> yeah, he's death. Yeah, well, okay. specifically, he's death for flashes. Oh, interesting. Um, every every version of everyone has their own version of death, and and specifically for speedsters, they race against the black racer. Nice. And uh, I mean, you know, they're. Uh, tons of stories where the flash outraces him or whatever so to have the black racer come wake him up but also be his dad and be like yo (laughs) certainly a choice you're a half god son (laughs) and it would have been it's one thing if like in as a part of his whole story we're we're shown that that's who his father is and you know whatever to introduce that at the end felt very like I don't know, Deus X kind of yeah. like they yeah. needed him to, yeah. to to be able to win the day. And thank goodness his dad is the Black Racer because now he's revived. I would have been able to accept it a lot more if we already knew who his dad was. Because yeah, sure, he wouldn't want his son dead. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, but I will say overall. That's a character who, again, like we didn't get a ton of time with him, but I thought he was his whole deal was very funny to me. Like I, I really like how he's got like kind of like a dad bod, and yeah, like, it's so good. <laughs> it's like he's like, yeah, I can run really fast, but it's like just kind of short bursts, and then I get kind of tired. Like it's just, I don't know. I thought that was really funny. That was one of my favorite bits. <laughs> that and like 
I, I, I liked Harley, um, but because she's not like the lead necessarily, she was good as for other characters to bounce off and really effective for like some of the the slapstick, like when um when Wink teleports her away and she comes back and she's like so many emus. I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, that 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 got a pop for me. I thought that was pretty funny, and I like that she's not the focus because maybe sometimes she gets to be like a, like a lot as a character, like very overwhelming. Um, right now I'm reading the Stephanie Phillips run with uh, Harley Quinn and it's just kind of like a lot. So to see this in contrast, I think was uh, much more tame and a good use of her. She, she has that Deadpool quality where she can be really, really irritating in the wrong hands. And yeah. uh, we read, uh, we read X factor a long, a while ago now with Chad Deadpool. And that was a good example of, um, good utilization of that character um i think this was a good example of how you can utilize harley quinn without her being uh terrible yeah well i mean i think i think it speaks to kind of the intended per like the how the character was created right like not to say that harley can't be a leading character um but like i think she shines to me in an ensemble or yeah. as or as like a, a a supporting character because used as like the like the kind of lovable rogue comic relief character i feel like she really works and when you're kind of trying to make that the whole ride is where it loses me a little bit but um but you know in the right hands i think you can see you know how she can be used right and i think tom does use her well here one of the other legacy characters deadshot uh, I figured he would be, again, I haven't read one of the uh, Suicide Squad book in the past, so I figured he'd be sort of our, our main POV character, the lead. And I, I really enjoyed and connected with his story. Um, I'm sure some of you guys are, are familiar with it, but I thought he was compelling and he he helped to move the story forward because we were sort of chasing his goal as well. They Will Smithed him. They did. I like Deadshot. Uh, the idea that he's just perpetually stuck as a member of the suicide squad is pretty screwed up. Uh, and he kind of resigns himself to that fact. But here, when he sees a way out, he's like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to take this mm. and I'm going to go be a dad. And I really like that. Mm. I understand that that's, you know, like what uh, the Globetrotter said, that's, you know, Will Smithification of the character, but I, I think it worked. It, it added heart to the story. Uh, and it gave him a purpose outside of just being the guy who kills people with guns. So I wasn't mad at it. It, it. I think it worked too, because I think that kind of thing can be kind of, you know, kind of lame sometimes where it's like they have a family. It can be kind of ham fisted, uh, schmaltzy, if you will. But like it, it, like everything else, it's kind of silly. He has a daughter, uh, her name is what live shot, right? They have a dog. Yeah, that's they named it dog shot. Dog stuff shot. like that. So Just, good. I, that was one of my so favorite uh, comedic bits. Like I love yeah. when, when uh, he tells black mask who's pretending to be Superman and Superman's just like, great name like I was just like, Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that was Superman. <laughs> Damn general spoilers. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did time. you not read the book? <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> that's why I'm not talking. <laughs> Sorry, uh, go, in, you, uh, go ahead. In Tom Taylor's uh, Nightwing run, Nightwing also got a dog. And yeah, he yeah. Haley, but they call it Bitewing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like just Tom Taylor's thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
it's redondo on art in that too right it is as well yeah really yeah. good stuff too i uh speaking of redondo i think um he was so effective for the the action bits like the 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 really impactful moments uh, I, f- I remember in in issue two where you, you see like the layouts and uh you have you know two bit two two panels then credits two panels it felt like introduction to like an action movie and yeah. then uh, the the suicide squad was transparent but there would be some sort of art behind it mm-hmm. and you just get the headshot i was like oh man this was this was awesome i i really enjoyed how like dynamic he was Oh yeah, you know one uh, one motif I really enjoyed in every issue is kind of the splash of Suicide Squad with the cool kind of layout. Loved behind that, it. yeah. It was yeah. A kind of a title page. It looked really cool every single time. And I think you're right, uh, Mister Murder. That uh, the action scenes were really cool. I think it was it was either issue one or issue two where um, the shark eats one of the Atlantean boys, and it's just like, oh, okay, we're just gonna go right into it, aren't we? Or like, yeah. um, I forget who I. They somebody drops somebody and they like bounce off of something and their head a, just like a naval yeah. general. That was crazy. That I was yeah. just looking at that. That was a great looking page too it's, because it went like the the way the page layout was done excellently. Yeah, what's that? In like issue two, maybe I don't know, but it's sick. It's That's the very beginning of issue, first one. issue one. Oh, okay, of one. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and there's like lots of good like kind of visceral like kind of violent things like that but they're they're not like over the top and it's not happening all the time so like when that happened i was like whoa like it it very much kind of escalates things a little bit but you don't get numb to it so Mm -hmm. it it keeps the stakes high without ever feeling like they get raised through the roof you know Mm. I think it's not overused the violence because yeah. I I remember that the same exact scene where the the that general's head just like right he just explodes on on the side of the sub and that caught me off guard because I, I guess I didn't expect that much blood in a DC book and so it also gets like set a tone for me which I enjoyed but even when they they blow up themselves like the individual characters it's not like this whole gruesome thing like yeah their head kind of pops but it's not this whole like oh body parts flying around and it the the moments where you do see it it's used for dramatic effect and i think that that sort of helps to um uh lessen the violent impact if that makes sense well it's also i'm not gonna say that i that i was bothered by it but i don't know if i agree that these issues weren't hyper violent like the first issue features homie getting going splat on the (laughs) boat uh king shark or the shark eating an atlantean uh osita punching someone's through their head and their eyeballs oh, explode out the cavalier uh yeah to, yeah uh that was pretty brutal i'll give you that someone one. explodes and their body parts well at least their blood splashes all over osita's uh, face like there was a lot of bloody violence in this comic book did you guys expect that or did, did the, yeah. does that work within like the confines of this story? I, I kind of expected it in this kind of story. I figured we would see lots of people die. I mean, hell, the cover of this issue says, by the end of this issue, half of this team will be dead. <laughs> <laughs> Good old classic comic stuff. Yeah. Big fan. I, I like that. Yeah. It reminded me of the Carmen Infantino things where it's like, ask a question to the audience and it'll sell a book. It, it, the, the thing is, like, it is kind of hyperbolic. I think Sean's right, but a lot sometimes it's played up comedically. Like, um, 
the Cavalier is a character no one likes because they, you know, he's a goofy character and he gets his fucking ex- head exploded by a metal <laughs> fist. And that was meant to be kind of comedic, but it's also oh. really gruesome. Give Phil a. Oh, yeah! <laughs> That's two for each of us. God damn it. Uh, Goku's like, on three, actually. He's, he's oh, in the lead. Three. Oh my god. Okay, cool. So, and, ooh, I almost said it. No name is second place. Wait, what? I only have one. Yeah. Oh, I mean, in terms of like next up, like oh, he's, yeah, he's trying to buy it. Oh, got it. Okay. Pay attention, General. <laughs> that was unclear. <laughs> second place usually means the person with the second most points, but it's like golf rules. We want less strokes. <laughs> <laughs> Not the Mr. Murder. <laughs> the uh the lettering I thought was also a lot of fun in in some of the in the action sequences in particular. And I pulled up a screenshot because this this one page like really I think uh captured what I enjoyed so much about it is a, a lot of times in um normal books you'll kind of see the action sequences and you won't always get the um the sound effects and when you do it's usually kind of the same but in this one every single punch or every single like interaction was a different kind of letter and uh after i saw this page i started to notice it more and more that each kind of and sounds or uh, a punch here or there whatever it, it was a really loud book um and i thought that, that was impressive on part of i got i got you wes abbott my dude that's yeah. your dude it's good. It is yeah, good. I mean, I I love you know sound effects in comics, and um, sometimes they're a little annoying, mm. but here I think they were done. It was used to great effect. I completely agree. Like uh, another thing that I really liked was like Wink, like how uh, oh, yeah. she has like a like her own kind of like bamf, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, that if it's ever intrusive or obtrusive. No, no. And I have to say, I think actually uh, this book, specifically issue four, has one of my favorite uh, pages in any comic book of all time, uh, which is when uh, Osita is explaining how, and I'm laughing, which is fucked up, but she's explaining how her wife dies, and it's a picture of her getting hit with a boomerang, and the <laughs> caption is just, she died from a boomerang to the chest. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I fucking, I. It was like I was reading this book in bed with my fiance, and she was asleep, and I had to leave the room because I was, I was like choking on my laughter. Oh, just she died from a boomerang to the chest. <laughs> used to be a young adventurer like you. Right, to the to the chest. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, like that's what I mean. Serious moments are downplayed with like these comedic beats. Mm-hmm. It's very good, and it's 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 funnier to me because that whole moment is played totally straight. You know, yeah. like it's like I'm not sure that was a joke. I mean, it's it's not, but like it's inherently funny. It's very well, absurd. Like, yeah, no name. Think about identity crisis and and uh, Tim Drake's dad. Like, you know, that's one of the most emotional moments of of the whole book. Uh, is when Tim Drake is trying to pull the boomerang out of his dad's chest. Like, it's just. Are you saying that that you found that funny? 
Yep, that's what you're no, saying. No, no, I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm just opposing the, the, the two things. Because it's like equally serious, but like comic books are just like kind of inherently silly sometimes, and I appreciate that about them. It's like, I, it was like issue two of, of X-Men, where like, they're like, where Cyclops is like, be careful, these gorillas have PhDs, you know? And it's like, he's being serious, <laughs> you know? But <laughs> um, staying on, on the humor bit, I, I thought that he overall... Um, kind of meshed everything pretty well. Um, the, the sort of like like the the first few moments I noticed, like his um, uh, Taylor would kind of grab a bit and say that somebody would say. Um, I remember in particular when he at, when Deadshot asked the Airy, you know, like why why don't you like flying? It's like oh because I'm trapped in this large big oil filled whatever. And then like a few pages down when they get shot down. And he crashes and Locke asks him, like, oh, what what happened? He's like, well, I was in a large bird, like, that unexpectedly fell out of the sky. <laughs> right. And I, I, he he had a lot of those moments. And I think those worked particularly well because it's it, I feel like it's hard to do comedy in comics. Yeah, I'd say so. Well, because like whenever people talk about like what makes for good comedy, right? Like the key to com- comedy is timing and like you can't control timing in a book right like you like the reader controls the timing to some degree and like you really just have to have snappy dialogue that or or humorous situations you know um and i think that was i think a lot of those jokes landed for me the best where it was just like something silly happened um and and that's like i think why a lot of it does work uh, it's like just stuff that cuts the tension. You know, there's a lot more of that kind of joke, I feel like, than actual like joke jokes. Like there's that one bit where they're in Australia and they go to get in the car and Harley's like, there's no steering wheel. And she's like, all right, Australia. You know, and it's like just about to bring that up. That's fucking hilarious. That's really funny. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. And I think the fact that it's not it's not it doesn't go too far in either direction. Right, like it doesn't take itself seriously, but it's not afraid to be somewhat serious or somewhat sentimental. Mm-hmm. And it's it wants to be funny, but it's not trying to be like, you know, um I think the way that we describe like a lot of like Harley Quinn books can come off where it's like joke, 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 joke. You know, like you 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 think of it as being like a very like high volume thing when it comes to the jokes. And I feel like here it's a lot less of that and it's a lot more just well-timed jokes. Yeah. And it, you know, that all comes back to it, right? It's about timing. Speaking of timing, his ability to build tension, I thought was really good. Um, the, the issue where he's getting arrested after he, um, like they find the FBI finds out where he lives and he's getting beat up and like the shit kicked out of him. And then, uh, dead shot is the dead shot. Sorry. Yeah. And, um, not Tom Taylor. Not Tom Taylor. <laughs> the <laughs> FBI gets... beat up Tom Taylor? <laughs> yeah, Tom and King called in his buddies. Yeah, they may have confused him with Tom King. <laughs> <laughs> and and Deadshot gets like put on the ground, and then all of a sudden you see an arrow come out. And I was like gasped I... and said, oh, no. And then I turned the page, and it literally said, oh, no. I was like, <gasps> holy shit. Like, the, those, those were well-crafted moments alongside mm-hmm. with a lot of the, the, like, the plot twists, I think, as well. Yeah, totally agree. Um, that, yeah. that moment, uh, was, was definitely super captivating. One of the ones that grabbed me was when they went to meet Boomerang in the, uh, the, the car 
uh, the car yeah. dump, whatever, the, the junkyard. And he says, I've been waiting for you. And if you know Boomerang, you know how how bad that is. <laughs> and Jog clearly doesn't get it. Mm-hmm. And then Deadshot is like, wait, what? And then Jog takes off and it's like, you're exploded. Like his mm-hmm. face was on fire. That was such a good moment. I, and I by this point, I care about Jog. So I'm like, no, shit, yeah. man. I really, that really sucked. And you really think he's dead, right? You've seen how many people get murked at this point, right? Like, Well, the fact that they two-faced him made me feel like he probably wasn't dead. Mm. But um, it was still this crazy moment. And I was like, damn, I don't want him to go through this. Good, um, good verb, by the way. Two-faced him. Two-faced him. <laughs> Um, also, uh, in the same issue, I just wanted to call this out because it was really uh, beautiful. Uh, this issue was actually drawn, uh, this issue being issue four, was actually not drawn by Redondo. Uh, this one was drawn by uh, Daniel Semper. And oh, wow. I the, didn't even notice that. Yeah. The moment where uh, they go to that cliff was so pretty with the birds and the, yeah. you know, the colors and stuff. That was a beautiful uh, moment. Oh, oh the... Um- the bite, the great Australian bite. Yeah. 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 That's really cool. Where they go to like camp out. Wow. I, I didn't even clock that that was a different artist. Me neither. That's actually, that's super impressive. I did not feel any dissonance in like the, the, the timing, the art style. Um, You know, it's funny uh, while we're on the subject of humor and I know we already kind of talked about the violence thing, but um, I'm, I'm kind of scrolling through as we're talking and looking at issue five. Uh, that was one of my favorite um, comedic beats, and that was a visual thing. It's when Deadshot blows off Loke's head, and they pop oh, the yeah. approved by the authority of DC Comics <laughs> over it. I yeah, thought that was, was so fucking funny. Great. <laughs> I didn't like that. Yeah. Oh, really? Could have done without that. Oh, I got such a kick out of that, yeah. That was a lot of fun. Cool. My, my I think, last two points here. Um would would you have liked to have seen more of the revolutionaries and did this sort of work as a passing of the torch story because i feel like at the beginning where you start with the base as we go through we kind of knock out the uh sort of the old guard and then we end up with this last page where they're just kind of walking into the light away from whatever activity they've done um how did that sort of work for for you guys I don't think it worked as a passing of the torch story mm. uh, because the revolutionaries are, are they set out to do th- good things in a, a, a slightly off way. Whereas the suicide squad and task force X are bad guys forced to do good things. Um, good. And arguably right, good. Yeah. Right. Uh, and, um, you know, though though we see uh, glimmers of of good and hope from Floyd and from from Harley, you know, at, at this point in their lives and their careers or whatever, they're long, well established criminals. Mm. You know, bad guys, um, and it 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 felt more to me like the the revolutionaries were going off to do more of what they do in the hero direction. Whereas the suicide squad, you know, Amanda Waller will just slap some bombs on some dudes and make a new one. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I, I, I really like the revolutionaries 
uh, as a as an idea as a concept. I don't know if they've been used since or if DC has plans for them. I hope so. They're they're a compelling team, um, but I think there must always be a Suicide Squad. You know, it's obviously it's a concept that has had legs for a really long time, and I'm pretty sure there's a run going on right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, that features the a team that more looks like the movie group. Um, and that's cool because Tom Taylor did something that I can't I can't say I've never seen before, but I don't I can't think of a time I've seen it before where he used this book to introduce an entirely new cast of characters and an, at a time where creators are afraid to introduce char- new characters to the big two because they don't own them. Uh, his willingness to do that was really cool. And I don't want to see that wasted by them never using them again or, you know, them falling off the face of the earth. Yeah, I think <clears throat> I think um, I, I definitely agree with what, what y'all said about it not necessarily being like a torch passing story. But I think I think this speaks to what we have often expressed in terms of what the right strategy is to introduce new characters, um, which is taking you know, new characters who are interesting and have cool hooks and putting them either in books or on teams or interacting with other characters that have heat already and are already over and using them as an inroad for for other readers, right? Because we picked this run because it was a Suicide Squad book that we wanted to read for the Suicide Squad movie, right? And, you know, I kind of got backdoored into being a Revolutionaries fan, right? And now, if if they told me, oh, hey, next year Tom Taylor is going to write a Revolutionaries book, I would pick that up, you know? Um, and I, I probably wouldn't have been familiar with or necessarily interested in taking the the gamble on them um just you know on like the elevator pitch alone of like here's the names of five characters or whatever and what they look like you know um this is an effective way to um to introduce them to a broader audience and and kind of establish who they are and what they're about and you know hopefully let that you know idea carry and let let those characters live on um General, does this make you interested in reading any other Suicide Squad books, though? No, not really. But it does kind of make me want to check out some more Tom Taylor stuff. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I like the premise of the Suicide Squad is not something that's inherently interesting to me. Like, I, I don't think it's a um, it's not a bad idea. It's not an idea I'm down on necessarily. But like the whole reading about villains as main characters thing is like always kind of dicey for me. Um, just because I think it can be hard, especially if it's with like villains that I know mm. to, to make me empathize with them and want to root for them in that way. You know, whereas like, um, we talked about why that works with Harley and Deadshot, right? Uh, to, to varying degrees. Um, so I think the fact that like Tom Taylor kills off every really unlikable villain right away, pretty much. Um, and not to say that everyone he kills off is like an unlikable villain, like they were so bad, but like the shark was an evil dude, right? He dies like right away. Like everybody who's left over is like likable to morally ambiguous, you know? And like that makes it a little easier to, to root for them. But like the revolutionaries aren't really like questionable characters in my mind, you know? It's like Kale said, they might have questionable. Oh, oh. shoot. The Globetrotter. <laughs> 
Damn. Who's in second place? Yeah, now I'm tied, I think. Yep, it's a tie between No Name and the General. While I feel... <laughs> I don't even remember what I was going to say now. I'm so angry. <laughs> uh, I, um... I don't know. Whatever. I... <laughs> I lost the thread. I pissed myself off. <laughs> <laughs> Show a little respect to the shark, okay? It's their nature. They eat things. They're, they're killing machines. It's what they do. They're animals. I I think for the revolutionaries, I, I also appreciated that the large majority um, seemingly were of... Uh, like we're people of color where one of them was from Puerto Rico, Osita. And uh, we also got a lot of like non-binary and LGBTQ representation, which was pretty cool. Um, and I think the way that you, you kind of care to what the general said, this is sort of the way you kind of care about those kind the, those characters in general is this is how you introduce a new character to the DC universe. And if they happen to be non-binary or they happen to be gay to whatever degree, like, this is also a way to get you to care emotionally um, where I feel like we bring up the, or I bring up the America Chavez example all the time um, that, that, that I, I don't think did service to the character uh, as much as these, these few issues did. Yeah. Cause like, I remember you saying that that felt like very like on the nose. It felt very like, mm-hmm. you know, um, whereas to your, I guess to your point about this, <clears throat> you know, um, that is the case, you know, for like pretty much every member of of the team. Um, I think every member of the team. Uh, not no, Jog yeah, uh, and Wink is white, but you know, um, right. but yeah, I I think like you you don't have it as much of a like. It's harder to create that narrative that a lot of fans who want to be down on those types of characters cook up. Right. Where it's like, oh, this is this thing that's getting this media push. And it's like it's these are characters that are organically just introduced into the story. And, you know, we we come to know and love them. Um, And like a cynic would say, like, oh, they're being shoved down our throats by replacing the other Suicide Squad members or whatever. Yeah, whatever. Fuck those characters. (laughs) Suicide Squad characters. But I don't remember. I don't remember people complaining about this at least while this was being published and um, it could be just because i'm not in those spaces it's like- it, it, it could be but i feel also like that wasn't the intent it, it because of circumstance i think the narrative provided a good reason for that uh, for that happening and it provided tension because obviously we we know that they're not necessarily the suicide squad to no names point and um it it helps distinguish that difference. That's like part and, of the story is that they don't get along yeah. at the beginning and they don't trust each other. And like it, I don't know. It feels super organic to me, you know, like yeah. I, I, it doesn't feel at all like, a, um, Oh, like this feels like an excuse to introduce a bunch of new characters, right? Like it, it just feels like in this run, Tom Taylor introduces a bunch of new characters and they happen to be, you know, I think, I think like we said, almost all of them anyway, um, are, are likable and well fleshed out. There was another one I forgot when we were listing the ones who were not very well fleshed out, and it proves that that there are a lot of members of this team, and they need that they need their own book. Was uh, that other girl Chaos Kitten? I was That's like, right. I could not remember her name anytime she was like on the page. I was like, What are your powers again? What are you? She's about? a good fighter. <laughs> I, I completely forgot about her. I literally there was a moment 
at a later point where she's in the issue, and I was like, oh, did they introduce a new character like off screen? <laughs> like, <what? laughs> I'm like, who's this? <laughs> I'm probably the person on this podcast who's most likely to complain about um, forced representation. I mean, me and um, what the fuck is your name? Uh, Mr. Murder. Uh, <laughs> and I definitely didn't feel that way here. Um, I'm still struggling to, I guess, like characters who have um, sexual orientations that aren't, or gender identities that aren't, you know, male, female, straight. I'm struggling to understand how you integrate that difference into a story in a way that's meaningful for people who need that, but not over the top. Uh, to to make it obvious, like this person is this, um, and I think Tom Taylor struck a great balance because Ari is non-binary, but it doesn't matter. And I don't mean that in an offensive way. I mean that in a way of like it doesn't. That's not on Front Street to where it detracts from the story. It's not. That's not a part of the story. That's just who they are, and there's nothing wrong with that. And I like that. Um, and there are other ways that I've seen things like that done where it's like, uh, this is like distracting, like there's it's pivoting for no reason. This was really well done, I thought. Well, and that, that reminds me of a, a common criticism that I feel like you make, Sean, and, and I've seen particularly... Oh, sorry? Son of a, a bitch. All right, whatever. Oh, oh no. We oh. are in a hotly contested... No, no, no. This is, this is a tie. This, right now, it's Goku and the General. We're both going to get blown up, buddy. <laughs> I always knew that at the end of the day, the, the general and Goku would have the standoff. <laughs> uh, and, and it's it's also a, a thing I see, um, you know, a, a lot of um, a lot of gay readers talk about, right? Where like they're uh, part of representation is having characters who are, you know, um, who are representative of a minority that are not inherently in stories that are about the fact that they're a minority, right? Like they're just a- any other hero in this story. And like in this story, that's that's like how that should be handled, right? This is an ensemble book about a bunch of people who are all competing for screen time. Um, and yeah, and I think it just comes off, it just comes off naturally. Right. It doesn't it's not like a point that's made. It's just something that is clearly communicated. Um, and I think that that I think that is meaningful. Um, and and it's, it's another thing that just speaks to the fact that I think Tom Taylor's got fucking chops, you know, yeah. um, and is able to. Uh, to uh, no names point. Inject that. Uh, inject that element into the story in a way that is representative enough to be meaningful um without having to be you know a major beat in the story that that kind of thing can't be understated enough it's something we complain about sometimes in 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 the weekly uh issue reviews we do it's just there's a real talent to the craft of just utilizing the space that's provided to you and so many writers will cram captions and dialogue bubbles or they'll cram pages with the same exact panel multiple times to the point where it's kind of a tired trope of, of, of that style of, of writing. And to Tom Taylor's credit, this is 
this is really, really like this is a writer's book. Like this is this is done by someone that knows how to knows our craft well and like trusts the reader, you know, because like something that like to to take it back to um, the the point that was just being made right about about the Ariel, right? Like when you meet their um, their mother, and yeah, uh, yeah, yep. and I, I like that character first of all. Um, I thought she was pretty funny. Um, but like there is kind of a question sometimes when you have like an older parent with like a queer child of like, what is their relationship like? Like how, you know, like, are they out? Is this accepted? Whatever. Right. And like all of those questions are immediately answered when like they acknowledge and are nice to their partner. Right. And you're like, Oh, okay, cool. Like I get where they're at as a unit, you know? Um, it was, it was the introduction. Uh, They were introducing her to, to them at that point right exactly yeah yeah and it was like we're good you know um and and like those are those are just like signs of like a well-executed script where like i have questions and as i have questions they're immediately answered in a way that isn't like hello dear reader allow me to answer your question right like it's just this is how people have a fucking conversation yeah (laughs) yeah that's a good point well um with that unless anyone else has anything else uh yeah Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I got we, lots more. <laughs> we, yeah, we didn't talk about Batman. <laughs> oh, I wanted oh to talk God. about Superman too, but you go first. Yeah, we got to talk about Superman. So uh, I have a thing with the way that Batman is utilized in books that aren't his or books that aren't like a Justice League comic. And this very much reminds me of the, to a far lesser degree, the the conversation about does does Batman go down on Catwoman? <laughs> it's what that conversation to me is really about is uh, how do you, how do you best represent who this character is in a way that's consistent with what readers are exposed to for the character across the board. And uh, I felt like this was uneven. Some people really like their Batman to be uh, like a Can't little be. bit, yeah, a little bit campy, a little funny, and I don't. Hmm. I I think Batman is just not that person. No uh, nonsense. Yeah, I, I I see him as an extremely no nonsense person, and I think that that can be funny, um, and it's been used well in the past. But I don't feel like this was that. I think there were too many times where, like, when he gets his car stolen, and you know, I just don't, I just don't really, <laughs> I don't feel that would be a thing you know i don't think you can steal batman's car and i don't think he would stand there with deadshot and have a little funny moment um and those things definitely take me out of the story mm. uh i did enjoy his fight with deadshot i mm. like the fact that deadshot gets respected as someone who is sort of a threat to batman a threat enough that he was the only person here who could take him out um and obviously this is not Batman's comic, so you know you can do that. But I felt like the jokes and stuff that was a little much for me. I thought a couple of them were really funny. Um, I inherently like don't have that same problem. Like I don't, I don't mind making a little like taking the piss out of Batman a little bit once in a while. Um, but I did specifically think it was like extremely funny that like the way that the fight ends, he's like, "Stop holding a dog!" Like yeah, I thought that was yep. really funny because like the look on Batman's face where he's like. Mm, okay you know what fine i'm not gonna punch you you have a dog and then we're like the 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 car thing 
while it is kind of like, all right, would that necessarily happen? Like, I did think it was funny that he's like, shouldn't you have like done the thing where you like disappear by now? And he's like, she took my car. Like, <laughs> it got it definitely got a laugh out of me for sure. I think it always kind of depends, and I, this is always like your. Um, it depends how elastic you are with the characters, uh, you know, personality character. and person like characterization and stuff. If this was a Batman comic, I pro- you know I, I don't think I would want to see something like that. But this is sure. you know this is some Bugs Bunny shit. This is like a Bugs <laughs> Bunny ass comic, so it, it's fine. It doesn't bother me. Uh, it's played off for a silly gag and it's like one of those things that just it'll be forgotten later uh, so for me totally fine with it I think the fact that it's like a no name character too who's like new on the scene kind of makes it funny to me that it's like no. this like random like 20 year old stole Batman's car now when you say no name do you mean our no name or no <laughs> <laughs> um, and then with with Superman and Ted Cord and all that craziness um, I think probably any one of us who know Ted Cord recognize that that just wasn't him. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. In fact, I was a little annoyed about it at first, but I was like, yeah. Th- yeah, th- then the, the realization set in very quickly where I was like, well, it's not Ted Cord. Well, it yeah. made me go, wait, what's going on in Ted Cord's life that I need to catch up with? Because this isn't right. <laughs> uh, I thought it was cool how the Finn was able to determine that that wasn't um, that Ted Cord was being honest when he was saying that that he wasn't that's right the person behind any of that. That was a good um, uh, Blue Beetle joke too. Oh, what kind of billionaire would dress up in a costume and beat up people in Gotham City? <laughs> you have yeah, to be really was, crazy. That was good stuff. I like that he I, figures out his identity and then like doesn't reveal it yeah. too. That was mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, uh, I think that there maybe was a little bit too much like. Oh, I'm I'm this guy. No, yeah. I'm this guy. That was that was it was a lot. The Superman one was good, but it was obvious. Yeah, and it, it was too what? it was too much. Uh, like yeah. you're, this is a great country soldier or something. And I was like, oh, that's not Superman. <laughs> but even from the second he was on the screen, like when does Superman tie people yep. up? That, that's just ridiculous. He doesn't have to. Um, See, and, they wouldn't and, fool you either, Sean. You're like Deadshot. You pick up on oh, these details. The is. general is in there the lead. <laughs> so close. He's so used to saying your name, no name. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> What's on my name? Podcast. No <laughs> <laughs> oh I, man. I. It's funny because those <laughs> those moments, I like did not even perceive and that's probably just because like I, i'm not as familiar with some of, like, always lose. well no the, the, like the, the tropes of this stuff um, oh. and uh, well, uh but to 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 a degree like i didn't either i i didn't clock it until you know it was revealed and they said and then i went oh right of course yeah once once deadshot was like skeptical i was like oh shit wait should i be skeptical like yeah. what's what's going on here I, I thought they were good oh, twists. Could it would have like, been ridiculous if that was actually Superman. Like, I, and p- but, people talk about Superman being a tension cutter, and that would have been an instance where it's like, oh, this is serious tension cutting. And that's what I thought the the story was going. I thought that they that that's how it was going to end. It was just going to be you know, you know, tie everything up nicely. We got literally. the baddie, yeah, like literally, uh, we got the bad guy, and that you know. They say it, and I was like, "Oh, okay, that's a different way." He's been taking this book a different direction, so fine, I guess. I'm going to see how it uh, ends up, and 
I so I the the twists I think all around pretty much like got me. Was anybody annoyed by them? The twists? The twists, yeah. Uh no. I I I wasn't. Like I I thought um I I don't again, I don't think it was anything that was like oh wow, you know, like yeah. it it didn't it didn't blow my mind, but it felt like it felt it felt good enough. You know, like it felt like uh uh it felt like a good enough reveal and one that felt like earned enough that I'm like, all right, cool. I I the least interesting part of the story for me was as soon as we learned that black mask was behind everything. Really? I'll ask you about yeah. that. Because he always feels like the Ponzi scheme villain. Yeah, and I actually like Black Mask a Me lot. Me too. Um, but for him to be used here in this way just felt really cheap. Like anyone could anyone could just have a, a device that lets him look like someone else. And now, oh, it was me the whole time. Like that's kind of lame. Um, that's fair. And it didn't really say anything about black mask didn't have like it just, it just felt like very much like he's just the villain and that's it and that, yeah that's that's what i was kind of getting at the very beginning of this book club where it was like oh the united states wants to overthrow a leader that you know they don't back that's a very real like real life cia thing but then to this really trickle it down to like oh let's a uh mob boss in gotham city uh yeah all right <laughs> Mm, okay that's fair but again you know this this book's asking you not to take things seriously so i'm you know trying not to overanalyze these things that clearly tom taylor didn't want me to overanalyze but yes you're right sean oh two way tie to a tie all tied up Man, i almost got away with that one if i just kind of put my hands back down (laughs) oh you did not (laughs) (laughs) it was one of those things where you like you did it and then just immediately froze like it's like (laughs) what It's like, Wild no. coyote before the anvil falls, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, you're going to fall whether or not you look down, bud. You know what I'm annoyed by? I'm annoyed by the fact that the only times that I did it were pointing out that someone else did it. Yeah, you totally <laughs> fucked yourself. I'm so annoyed. Oh, man, this was the fun I was hoping to have. Um, did it, All right, did anyone else have any last thoughts? Uh, my last thought is I do think yeah. it's pretty funny that Superman cocks an eyebrow and he's very surprised that Batman's car got stolen. Did oh, that happen? Yeah, okay. issue uh, eleven, last one. I I guess um, I also liked that it was Green Arrow who's the first person to come up on the revolutionaries. <laughs> Wait, really? That's so specific. Drop your weapons. <laughs> well, I said reason- drop them. That was so fucking funny. <laughs> Isn't he uh, like a former criminal? Oliver no. Queen? Or like a... He's a former billionaire. Yeah, he's not a criminal. So his yeah. story was basically that, you know, he was a billionaire that lost all his money, uh, tr- went to go train on a deserted island. Oh, he got yeah. like deserted island. Yeah. 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 I saw the show. Okay. Just yeah, you're right. The, the <laughs> fact the that, that he, he tells them to drop their weapons and both Harley and Osita shoot Black Mask in his leg... i thought was a just very funny that that happens but specifically that like both shots of green arrow he's just like gesturing very dramatically like he's just like like what i really got me something about the way that was drawn (laughs) green arrow is a um in the old days he he was 
sort of a lefty environmentalist or whatever. And that was, um, he, he used to get in a lot of fights with uh, Hawkman. Hawkeye. Hawkman, yeah, I was about yeah. to say Hawkeye. Hawkeye, yeah. <laughs> what was Hawkman uh, industrialist? He's a super like conservative dude, classically yeah. speaking. Really? I was getting I was yeah. getting my arrows crossed. Hey. Nice. Oh right. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> nice arrow jokes. <laughs> so to close out, um, would you guys recommend this book? And I, I I guess what kind of audience would you recommend this to? I'd give it to a cool teen. Yeah. You know what I mean? No. Yes. <laughs> just the ones on just the ones if, on TikTok. Yeah. Uh, on what? <laughs> if a if a cool teen came up to me on the on the street, never happened. Sm- smoking his cigarettes in his <laughs> denim jacket. Oh. He's smoking the say, denim jacket. <laughs> he'd say he'd say, "Hey pops, give me a cool comic book to read." I say, "Oh okay, here you go, youngster." Then he smacks out of your hand. He says, "Pick it up." <laughs> yeah, and obviously I pick it up. I mean, I'm you know a bitch. Well, I, you gotta respect <laughs> the young people. I'm glad you're sticking to code names there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> uh, the general. Uh, yeah, I, I would recommend this book. I think. Um, I, I think to. I, I any reader that's interested that likes superhero comics and is down for like something light and fun you know um that just wants something that's like breezy like i could see this being a book that you take to like the beach and read in like a day you know Mm -hmm. um and it being like perfect for that you know or like uh an airplane ride or something where you just want something you know brief and fun uh it's perfect for that you know um not every book is uh you know uh, a masterpiece that is going to make you reevaluate your entire life, right? Sometimes uh, a book can just be a good time. And I think this book is a good time. It's well executed. It's funny. It's well drawn. It's, you know, not groundbreaking, but it's dynamic enough to justify the fact that it's tr- traditional. And it introduces a lot of great new characters that I would really like to see more of. Coco? Yeah. I mean,. I think this is extremely accessible for just about everyone. Um, it's 11 issues. It's short. You can knock it out a day, just like the general said. Um, it can save you some time, that joke. Uh, <laughs> there's, I don't think a single person that can't, that, that wouldn't Son find some enjoyment out of this. <laughs> you son of a bitch. No name? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to agree with the consensus i think this is a very strong outing by tom taylor it does definitely feel uh run of the mill it's like one of the best like just generic like this is a regular dc marvel story yeah uh, type of story that i've read in a while i'm waiting for tom king to be given something a little more serious to to tackle or a little, a little more important, a little bigger. Didn't he have a Justice League run? Am I crazy? No. No? No. Uh, I think that if you like the Suicide Squad aesthetic, like the idea of that, what those books or the movie are like versus any particular characters, I think this is definitely good for you. And yeah, I think it introduces a lot of interesting 
other characters that you might find yourself falling in love with and wanting to see more of. So I would say anybody who's looking for a book to read that ties into Suicide Squad or is a fan of Harley Quinn that wants something light, this is great for that. Yeah, this is a super general book to give to, at least in my opinion, to pretty much anybody um, like that you would they don't have to be seasoned and I feel like this is probably good for maybe even an introduction. They might not get all the bits, but I think the, the beats and the way that it's crafted allow for a really easily digestible comic. And I think that's really strong on Taylor's part. And yeah, man, Taylor as a writer overall, I think definitely somebody to get into. I'm glad the discord turned me on to, to his, his work and that uh, they recommended this book for the book club. So with that, we're going to end it here. Um, if this isn't a book club book that isn't already on your shelf, definitely recommend you going to get one or getting going to get it. And uh, tune in for all of the other book clubs that we have, some of the regular episodes that we put out on a weekly basis every Monday, um, our image reviews every Wednesday, our uh, weekly comic reviews every Tuesday. Like The, the amount of content that we have out there um, rivals the number of characters that were in this book. And um, uh, definitely reach out if you like this episode, the comics pals at gmail.com over email uh, at the comics pals on Instagram and Twitter and hit us up in the discord. That's where the best conversations tend to happen. And uh, it's a lot of fun. Now, unfortunately we hit a tie. So the general Goku, I'm sorry, but um, it's both of you. And uh, I have here my, my little button. So we're going to, um ah, shit what is this oh it like fucking two-factor authentication god fucking damn it hurry <laughs> uh, up and I, kill I them already i didn't get the i didn't get the thing where's the message oh did weird somebody, did someone I, get a number yeah i just got a number on my screen it says oh, no. eight zero zero eight five what the fuck no <laughs> <laughs> See you next month.